What is up, my friends and fellow busy bees? Today's episode is going to be the final in our New Year series. If you missed the last two episodes, head on back and get some motivation to go into this year. To culminate the series, I wanted to go over a couple of things that if you haven't already, you should be thinking about for the beginning of the year to set you up for success as we move forward through 2024. None of them are very huge in and of themselves, but if you make sure you get all three of these things done and off of your checklist, not only will you feel super prepared and clear-headed heading into the year and like you have an actual plan in place and you're not chaotically running around trying to figure things out, but you're also going to make your life in the future a whole lot easier. So the first of which is to make sure that you have your tax things taken care of. So that includes pulling together all of the 2023 tax things that you will need. We're still early in the year, so you may not have to necessarily submit your 2023 returns yet. However, seeing as we are now in a new year, you're going to want to have those separated from the new year's receipts and invoices and everything else. And you're going to want to make sure that you have all of last year's stuff compiled and in one place and ideally like input it into your systems and tracked and all that stuff. But at a bare minimum, make sure you have a pile with everything. So that's going to mean hard copy receipts. That's going to mean any receipts you have from online orders that you made. That's going to mean all of your other bills that may be applicable, like your utility bills, your internet bills, your telephone bills, and any other paperwork that may be applicable. Make sure you have it all compiled and then make sure you create a plan if you haven't already inputted it all to get it inputted into your software or system or whatever you do to file your taxes because the deadline will come a lot quicker than you will think. The next couple months will fly by as they always do and it's just such a bummer to have to like rush last minute and input it all and just do what I consider to be very mind-numbing work of inputting Home Depot receipts and all your gas transactions and mileage and all that stuff. I like to break it up into smaller chunks and then it feels less soul crushing. So you have your 2023 stuff and then you also want to make sure that you have somewhere that you are setting up to put your 2024 things because you're probably starting to make some orders for new supplies or you may have gas receipts and anything else. So make sure you have that in a separate spot. You have a system created, whatever that system is. It can be as easy as throwing everything in a Ziploc bag that is marked with the year on it. Don't make it too complicated. Do whatever you're going to maintain and make sure you're being cognizant to use that new spot for this current years things because as you go to do that mind-numbing work of inputting last year's stuff you don't want to have to also make sure that it has the proper year on the receipt because it'll just get you all turned around so taxes make sure you are paying attention to and being aware of it and that will set you up for success for the rest of the year Number two, if you are someone who has a website and assuming you have the ability to make changes to this website, you're going to want to go in and update the copyright on your website. Or if you don't currently have one, make sure you add one and include this year on it. So that means typically it's in the footer of a website. So you scroll down to the very bottom and you'll see the business name and then a copyright logo like the C in the little circle and then the year, which is probably 2023 right now but you're going to update it to 2024. And that is a way to ensure that all of the intellectual property that is on your website remains covered through copyright laws throughout this year as well. 
This is also a great opportunity for you to go through all of the nooks and crannies of your website and make sure that everything is up to date, make sure that things that are on there are not outdated information, or for me, I know that means that I'm going to go in and update my furniture portfolio because I haven't done that in honestly probably about a year. So I'm going to put some photos of the updated pieces that I've done over the last year, just something that I don't typically update day to day just because it takes so long. But things like that, make sure you're updating it. You could do a full refresh if you wanted to, if you have the time or the desire to. But take a look at that website because that's something that can stay in the back of our minds and really become like the last priority with the day-to-day things that can come up and seem more important and probably are more important. But you don't want there to be incorrect or outdated information on there because if a potential client comes across it or they look you up, you want them to have all of the accurate information on there if they want to work with you, buy a piece from you, or access one of your services. So make sure that website is up to date as well as the copyright. And make sure if you are not located in Canada, which if you didn't know, that's where I am located, look up the copyright laws in your area because it could be different. Just take a peek because I assume no legal responsibility based on the things I say on this podcast. I'm simply speaking from my experience and my personal recommendations anecdotally. And the third thing, if you have not yet done so, is to plan out your year in some capacity. I low-key said I wasn't going to talk about this on the podcast, but as I was thinking about it over the last couple weeks, there were a few thoughts that came to mind that I don't think I have captured on here prior when it comes to planning and goal planning for the year, so I wanted to include those as well. I will link in the show notes of this podcast a couple other podcast episodes that I have done in the past specifically about goal planning where I go into like the nitty-gritty of my approach to it. Long story short, I do six and 12 month goals within the categories of spirituality and well-being, work, friends and family, uh, like mental and emotional or something. I don't know. There's like five categories. And within each one, I create six month and 12 month goals. And that kind of helps just to make sure that I am thinking about every single facet of my life when I'm goal planning. Because I think depending on the personality that you have, you may instinctively only think about, you know, like vacations and social things that I want to do or work goals or financial goals that you may have. Oh yeah, financial, that's one of the categories. Or whatever it is, like whatever you're prone to thinking about, you're probably just going to mostly think about that when you start thinking about goals. But I think it's nice to think of your life holistically and the things that you can aim to improve or adopt. And it's something that I've done for well over five years now and it works well for me. So I hope it will work for you. Give it a try. But some other things that I want you to think about, and this is kind of more specifically in the context of your business is how I think about it. But Again, in those other categories, this helps as well. So when you are trying to plan your year ahead, take a minute to think about last year. And if you have anything that you use to keep track of things throughout the year, like your milestones or goals that you hit, or even just if you wrote out goals for last year and then went back and took note of whether or not you attained those goals, look back over the year. And if you need a mental jogger, if you're someone that takes a lot of photos and videos, go through your camera roll because that's something that helps me when I do like my yearly recap of remembering like when the year started and then what happened within it. And look through the year and think about what worked last year and what didn't. Like what felt good and productive and flowed easily and came to you easily that was a positive thing in your life. And then 
what didn't work well? Like what was something that maybe was working for a while, but then it fell off because you went back to old patterns or maybe it was something that like there was just too much resistance and you never fully adopted and turned into a habit. Maybe there was something that you did, but it felt not so great to do. A decision you made, a project you took on, something that just felt like it didn't align well with you. And maybe it's something you're even still doing. And think about these things and how your body responds to it. Because I do think that that has a big impact on you and how easy it is to do these things. Like one thing that I ended up doing and asking myself these questions at the beginning of last year was raising the cost of my custom projects because although I reflected on the fact that I do enjoy doing the customs, I like working with clients and helping them to make their visions come to life and help them to actualize the thing that they have in their brain that they can't quite put onto paper or figure out how to make it work on a piece of furniture. But I was like, the time that I'm putting into this isn't worth the amount that's ending up in my bank account. And so it wasn't feeling like very good overall. So I was like, okay, so what are my options? I don't offer custom work. And then perhaps the negative to that is that I won't necessarily have that set in stone income that I can pre-plan for. And I have to rely on the marketplace gods to get my pieces in front of the right people or work harder at a marketing strategy on social media or by collaborating with other businesses in the area. Or I can make it so that it feels more worthwhile for me to be doing this custom work. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to increase my prices and then I'll see what happens and I'll reevaluate because if I sent out a bunch of estimates and then everyone said, okay, thanks for that, but it's too much, like I can't do it, then I'd be like, okay, now I know where that threshold is that people are willing to pay. But if people then said yes, then I would feel great about doing that because I know I enjoy the process of it and now it's going to be an amount that feels more worthwhile for the time invested in that service. So take a look back and just maybe brainstorm some things down on paper first. And then once you have everything out of your brain, look at it and think of options for action items that you can do from that or ways that you can turn that into goals or intentions for the year ahead. And when you look back on those goals that you had set last year and you reflected on whether or not you achieved them, if it's something that still feels aligned with where you're headed in life, don't drop that goal. Don't be like, oh, You know, I said I wanted to read 20 books this year, but I only got 11 done. Don't be like, okay, I'm never going to read again. Make that your goal this year or increase it a little bit. Stick with those things. If you got three quarters of the way towards something, that's still a win. That's probably much more than you had done the year prior. So that's still forward momentum and positive improvement. So don't like wipe that from your memory or see that as a failure or a loss. That's still a big deal. It can carry over. It's fine. And then the other concept that I heard of this year that I thought was just like interesting and intriguing. And although I didn't do it this year, it might be something that would work really well for people, especially multi-passionate people. I'm thinking this would be really relevant for. It's Warren Buffett's 25-5 rule for sky high productivity is what he calls it. Essentially, you just identify 25 important goals or things on your list that you want to achieve this year. Brainstorm, write it out, any goal that you want to do, whether it's within any of those categories that I mentioned before. Keep writing until you get to 25. That might be really quick and easy to do, or it might take some time and intention, depending on who you are. 
And then once you have those 25 things written down, you're going to go through and put a star beside the five most important, most relevant, most high priority ones for you. And then once you have those five identified, go through and delete the other 20. They're out of your brain, they're off of your mind, they no longer matter, and you're not going to try and attain them. You are solely going to focus on those five goals. And those are the five goals that you are going to look at and work towards this whole year. And that's it. I think this is really great for people who have, honestly, it would probably be great for me, but I just like didn't do it this year. But I have a lot of thoughts and I can get a little scatterbrained with where I'm going and what I'm trying to do. So I do think this would be something that would be really, probably really helpful to do. Maybe, maybe next year. We'll see how it goes. But if you think that's something that might be useful for you, give it a go. But there's options. So tailor it to you. Try one thing. Just try it for the year. And then next year, if it didn't work, try something new. Something I heard recently. You know what? On the fly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change Mel's motivational message today because I had chosen a different one, but I think this one is actually way more relevant. So something you may not know about me, I love motivational messages. And they always get me fired up, and I keep a running list of ones that are especially catchy or speak to me in the Notes app on my phone. And I keep a running list of ones that I've noted down over the years in hopes that you leave our time here each week feeling inspired, motivated, and ready to take on whatever comes your way this week. And so Mel's motivational message is something that I heard on a podcast I listened to recently, which was David Goggins on the Huberman Lab podcast. It was actually a really great podcast. I've really enjoyed listening to David Goggins. He's intense, but I respect everything that he does. And, you know, I try and take bits and pieces of what he recommends or what he does to like help improve my life. He's like on the very far end of the intensity spectrum, but... I feel like it's motivational. So on this podcast, he said something along the lines of that in our life, we are the lab rat that the experiments are happening to, but we're also the scientist. And for whatever reason, that really resonated with me that not only are we the ones who are doing these things and we're acting these ways and we're seeing how that translates and what the outcome is, but we're also the scientist making the experiments. So try and remember that agency that you have, because I think so often we can get into the rhythm of being like, well, this is my routine, or this is what I do for work, or I am really good with numbers, so I'm the person who handles the finances, or like whatever it is that you have in your mind that's like set in stone. Just remember that you are the scientist in this experiment as well as the lab rat. So you have the power to change truly pretty much everything and anything. And I think that's a very empowering thing to remember because yes, there's external factors that will impact certain things. Of course, I'm not so naive to not realize that, but there is a lot that we can change if we create different thought patterns, if we create different routines, if we change up the people, places, and things in our life. So just remember that when you are planning out your year this year, that you can make it whatever you want it to be, as long as you're willing to stick to that plan that you set out. All right, that's it for today. I appreciate your time, and I will catch you guys next week.